Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. This is Rebecca. And we are in a series on mental health. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety and really just kind of giving an overview of it. And really in the series, what we're trying to do is look at these various subjects in mental health holistically. So we want to look at uh, spiritual factors. We want to look at emotional factors, biological factors, relational factors. And so all of those things are at play when it comes to mental health. But today we're going to talk about anxiety. So why don't you give us, Rebecca, a just what's a working definition for what we mean by anxiety? Sure. So just for today, we're going to talk about anxiety in terms of just the excessive and persistent worry um, or fear about everyday situations that would inhibit your daily activities. So and anxiety is like we can experience that on all varying levels. I mean, like, it's not like anyone has an anxiety free life. So like, (laughs) it doesn't exist. (laughs) Right. So when we're talking about, there is the daily managing anxiety and there's the ebbs and flows. Like there's sometimes it's just a stressful day or a stressful week and that's not necessarily bad or abnormal, but it can become more of a crisis. Right. When it's debilitating, when it's impacting your day-to-day activities, if you're having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning or um, avoiding maybe some social situations because you're fearful of people or crowds um, or fearful of how you're being perceived, things like that. And that impacts your daily functioning or um, you might avoid things on vacation that you might otherwise be doing with your kids. Um, So missing out on things like that when it becomes debilitating is when we kind of think about it in terms of more of an actual anxiety problem. Okay. So just in, in, or just in general, more acute than normal. And I think we can often sometimes we miss that but yeah sometimes we feel that well let's just start then some of the triggers for and some of the causes associated with anxiety i think some of that's obvious but why don't you just kind of frame that up a little bit yeah first. so we're going to talk a little bit just about some of the environmental and biological causes there's obviously numerous causes um, that we could talk about but just for the purposes of today just kind of look at that side of anxiety so um Throughout the podcast and at the intro, we, we talked a little bit about our fear circuit, which we call the amygdala. That's in the brain. And that is located in what researchers call our primitive brain or our reptilian brain, um, because that's something that it just is. It's reflexive. It's unconscious. We're just all born with it. And it's um, designed to protect us and help us. But when triggered too often or too long, that's when we see some of the long-term negative effects of anxiety. So prolonged states of anxiety can actually alter your brain and your body. And why is that important? Because when you struggle with anxiety or if you have a loved one that struggles with anxiety and we hear things like, I just can't help it. It's just, I just can't, I I just can't seem to react differently or think differently. There's a real biological component that's that's going on there, that's affecting that. So in these prolonged episodes of stress, our brain and our body gets altered um, with that sustained exposure to certain chemicals in our body that are not meant to be there for long periods of time. So for example, you might experience um, some physical problems like ulcers or actually our, our receptivity to insulin changes. And here's why. Our neurons change. We've talked about this in other podcasts where maybe a neuron is supposed to be producing something, but then 
under long, prolonged periods of stress, it doesn't produce what our bodies need anymore. It produces something different. And so then we start to feel the anxiousness that all of us can understand in that moment, what that feels like, or even our immune system will start to change differently. And so what happens is our DNA is actually being altered. When I heard that at first, I was like, how in the world can you alter your DNA? Isn't like your genetic code just... Yeah, it seems like that's the one static part of your body is your DNA. Right. So and every one of our cells has DNA in it. Our DNA code just is what it is. However, how we express that DNA sometimes is different. Like for example, a bone cell is gonna look different than a neuron, a brain cell. And the reason is because there are instructions that code for our DNA, that tell our DNA, hey, express yourself and be more like a bone cell here in your body. Be more like a brain cell here in this part of your body. Our DNA codes for, um, 20% of our DNA codes for our brain. We don't need that part of our DNA in a bone cell. So certain parts of our DNA kind of get turned on or expressed. So what ends up happening under long exposures of stress and anxiety, our DNA starts to act differently. Our neurons start to act differently. Our immune system starts to act differently. And it's not to the health of us, it becomes to the detriment of us, which is why we end up experiencing some of those typical physical problems um, commonly associated with anxiety. I think that's so important to know. I mean, that's a pretty deep dive on how anxiety works, but I think that's important because sometimes it feels like I cannot help feeling anxious. And if that's not you and you have a loved one, it sometimes our reflexes be like, what's the big deal? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal, but there's more going on biologically. It's not just, you know, buck up camper. You know, there's sometimes there's more that needs to, that, that needs to be happening. There's something biologically that's happening in our bodies. There's something that's even happening on uh, down into the cellular level because of anxiety and it's important to know, and I think we we at least have probably each of us to some degree uh, an appreciation for how anxiety affects our body. Right. Maybe you're like, oh, my stomach gets so upset, or I get tension yeah. in my neck or my yeah. muscles, or or some people break out in hives, or their hair falls out, or whatever yeah. it could be. There are we we can see the toll it takes on our bodies, and so while all of us have anxiety, we've got to learn how to manage anxiety. Right. The good news is. While that is a genuine biological effect and component of anxiety, we don't have to stay there. Yeah. Um, we are empowered and have the ability to overcome that and to renew our minds yes. and no longer conform to the pattern of this world. So. Which which is good news because there might be someone who's listening to this podcast like, I'm already anxious about my finances and now I'm anxious about being anxious and now they're like really debilitated. But there is good news there. We are going to talk about um, at least some initial ways of thinking through how to uh, re- renew our minds right. and think right. through how to approach anxiety. Right. So those are some of the biological and environmental factors. But let's talk about the spiritual because I think we would be um, doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't look at some of the spiritual components of anxiety. You know, we have a real enemy out there. I mean, he he's absolutely real. He's, he's studying us. He's looking to... S- seek and devour us really. And so just like any opponent, we want to be a couple steps ahead of our opponent. We want to be just as mindful of um, our opponent so that we can counteract some of that what's going on with our enemy. And so, you know, the enemy is, 
he's crafty, but he's not creative. And we can kind of see that because in in our society, the, the millions of Americans that are struggling with anxiety, it goes to show he pulls out some of the same tricks and it works on us. I mean, why, mm-hmm. why do something different? It's, it's working pretty well. And so he's banking on the fact that as he puts that bait out there, that will take the bait every time. Mm-hmm. And I heard one speaker say it like this. He's just going to keep switching the menu. If you don't take that bait, he's just going to switch the menu until he finds the thing that you will take. So he's studying us. He's wanting us to get that part of that brain, our fear circuit, um, kind of triggered in hopes that we'll stay there. Because from that part of our brain, that that reptilian part of our brain, it's really just a slippery slope from that point into a lot of the anxiety-producing emotions, behaviors, disorders that we see commonly. There is a Christian uh, neuroscientist, Dr. Kurt Thompson, that puts it this makes this observation that I I just think is interesting you know there's that part of our brain that that gets activated often um, in anxiety is is in the reptilian part of our brain and isn't it fascinating that all throughout scripture oftentimes the enemy is personified as a serpent and so that reptilian part of his brain he's trying Mm. to communicate from fear circuit to fear circuit reptilian brain to reptilian brain in hopes to trigger that so that we make less sound rational decisions and we stay in that part of our brain. That's really interesting um, to think about, you know, that reptilian part of our brain, the amygdala, um, that's the place that we're operating out of instinct reaction when, and a lot of what, where we go there is out of fear. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting that the Bible uh, presents the enemy as a reptile. um, And especially if he can get us to feel afraid, I think the the point there is there's, there's uh, anxiety is spiritually loaded. Mm. It's not just, well, I can't help it. I've got a tough time at, at work. There's, there's a, it's spiritually loaded when we deal with anxiety and it's also biologically loaded. There's a lot going on. It's holistic, but we definitely do want to think through the, the spiritual interventions. Absolutely. Um, I think about Philippians chapter four, and uh, I think this is one of the most helpful passages when it comes to uh, anxiety. And so I just want to read it and just, we'll, we'll just kind of walk through it. I want to encourage you after this podcast, Uh, to go back and just take some time and reread Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and just take some time, make some notes. I think this is a really important passage to reflect on. So here's what it says. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I think what's so helpful about this passage is that uh, Paul, he's acknowledging that we're going to experience anxiety. In fact, he's honest in other parts of the Bible about his own anxiety. And so he deals with, uh, with deep anxiety as well. But he, he has here almost a formula of how to walk through it. He's acknowledging that there's anxiety, but he's not content to just stay in anxiety. He's pursuing joy. Joy is the command of this passage, but it's also... 
It's the right of the Christian. It's the secret of the Christian. And he's saying, no, I will live a joy-filled life. But what he does, he's acknowledging that the Lord is with him. The Lord is at hand, is at, is at hand. He's nearby. And so what he does is he's going to present his requests to God. He's going to present it with a full picture of his life. He's not just going to bring all of the things he wished were, were different. He's also going to bring thanksgiving. So he's going to try and keep perspective about his life. But he's going to bring those requests to God, and he's going to he's going to wait for the peace that those things are are in God's hands because God is is nearby, and then he's going to fix his mind on other things. He's going to fix his mind on the beautiful, true, pure, lovely things. And I think oftentimes as Christians, when it comes to anxiety, we do one of two extremes. On one hand, we jump right to verse eight. So there's some people that jump right to verse eight and say, I'm fine. I'm not anxious. I'm not stressed. Well, you, you seem a little irritable. Uh, you're not, you know, he says, let your gentleness be uh, reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. <laughs> Why? Because when you're anxious, gentleness goes out the window often. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he says, don't jump right to, to verse eight where he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm everything's good. I'm blessed. Praise God. I'm going to turn on the worship music. Uh, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. You know, like it's just, don't just jump right to verse eight. You got to walk through verse six. Be honest. Be honest before the Lord. Take those requests before the Lord. On the other hand, I think sometimes as Christians, uh, some Christians stay in verse six, never getting to verse eight. And they they take they stay in that verse six of just, I've got this going on. Lord, I need you to do this. And please do this. And please do this. Please do this. And at some point, we've got to leave it in his hands. Yeah and set our minds on on the things that are above and choose to focus on other things. Right. I think what that verse says that's so impacting is you think about such things and then I think it's followed the next verse with and practice these things. Yes. So, you know, what we dwell our minds on and then how we react, you know, what behaviors ensue as a result of that kind of go hand in hand. And so if we're constant, constantly anxious, we're going to yield the behaviors of, of that anxiety. Mm. Um, but one of the cool interventions that, that this scripture really outlines so well, and that was also confirmed with research is there is a really effective intervention therapeutically called cognitive behavioral therapy. I think we've talked about it in another mm -hmm. podcast. And it really combines those two, especially if you're getting it with that Christian faith-based perspective, if you can, um, adding the, the spiritual component of, okay, what are we placing our minds on? Um, those types of interventions can help walk out the truth of these verses and a trained therapist is going to be able to help break that down um in in different ways you know there's 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 definitely a spiritual component but it's not just a spiritual component it's also just rewiring your brain and so the that's what we're hoping to do with anxiety we're hoping to kind of bring us back to that good full frontal lobe where the fear circuit is turned off and we're using our reasoning brain our rational brain to really test the validity of okay is this really a confirmed threat or is this just a perceived threat and then retraining your brain and your body to catch up with your rational brain and saying okay this isn't as fearful mm -hmm. inducing of a trigger as i thought it's just i'm I'm needing to kind of retrain that. So I think I've heard you describe cognitive behavioral therapy before as it's disrupting and, and reforming the thought patterns Correct. that are leading to behaviors. Yes. And so 
in, in a sense, like this is what, you know, Philippians four is doing is yeah. helping us re reset our minds. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's just wrap it up with this. Um, what would be like signs when it comes to anxiety that someone should say, Hey, I need to go meet with someone. I need to go meet with a therapist. I need to go, uh, like I, anxiety has gotten out of hand. Cause again, we're always going to be dealing with anxiety. Right. So what would be a point that you would say as a therapist, hey, this is a time where you might want to go see someone? Sure. Well, there's research out there. So I'm just kind of going to report to you what um, some of the best practices are for screening for something like this. So this is not diagnostic, but this is just kind of like a, a screen for it. And it's when, again, something is significantly impairing your life and it can't be explained by another medical cause or something else. So it, it's just it's very debilitating and it's going to be characterized by certain symptoms such as restlessness, fatigue, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance, um, difficulty concentrating um, to the degree that it's impairing your life. Okay. Yes. Because a lot of that I think I could have on most days. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so when it's uh, impairing your life, so when those things are, are becoming so acute, or so constant that it's kind of disrupting uh, daily behaviors. Right. So impairment would look like it's difficult to control. It's ruling you more than you're able to rule it. Um, You can't carry out some of those normal daily activities that are appropriate for your stage of life, uh, appropriate for your your present circumstances, your goals and your dreams for yourself, what you've been trained in. some of the symptoms are disproportionate to the trigger. I think that's important too. Um, and then lastly, just avoiding circumstances, people, places, relationships um, in an effort to avoid those anxious feelings. Mm. Well, let's um, just wrap it up now and uh, with this, you know, Christian, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're walking through anxiety, um, take a deep breath. Um, we talked about a spiritual intervention in this one where with Philippians four, um, understand that there's maybe a lot going on, maybe even not only spiritually, emotionally, but also biologically, but that shouldn't scare you because it is for freedom that God, that Christ has set you free. And so, um, know that if he's got you listening to this podcast, it's, I would believe it's because he's saying, Hey, we're going to start dealing with this and I'm going to lead you out into freedom. And so, um, take some time. He's wanting to teach you something through this season of anxiety and trust him. He's a good father. He wants to walk you out of this and run to him, present your request to him and set your minds on things above and we'll, and, and watch how he brings you out of this, out of this season in due time. Well, we will hope to see you here at the city rev life podcast in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on city rev life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our CityRev Church app. Have a great day.